Welcome to Truth 30 with Joey Dumont, a podcast that debates our society's most politically compelling topics through the lens of slow journalism. Each show is investigated with a focus on narrative as well as discovery. We believe that the complexity of our culture today cannot be crammed into six-minute television segments or snippets and memes on social media, where ideology and entertainment has overtaken the creed of historical reporting. On the program, you'll hear the opinions of subject matter experts to help you separate the signal from the noise. Our collective goal is to better understand one another, not win a battle. After watching, you'll be reminded that a proper debate is not about victory, but that of inquiry, education, and viewpoint diversity. So tune in and talk amongst yourselves. You may even learn a thing or two. Jacqueline Buckingham has been described as having never played by anyone else's rules by W Magazine and having embodied the season's audacious mood by the New York Times. Harper's Bazaar wrote, as an actress with a taste for high drama, she figured understatement was beside the point. Nominated for the TED Mainstage to talk about the connection between female sexuality and the global balance of power, Jacqueline is an impassioned voice for abortion rights, gender equality, and mental health. She's an accomplished actress, writer, producer, director, and lifestyle entrepreneur, whose latest creative project is called The Pussy Papers, a pro-choice initiative exposing the connection between female sexuality and the global balance of power. The Pussy Papers reveals one woman's exploits into sexism, censorship, and five letters that strike a national nerve. The Pussy Papers will premiere on January 4th of 2023 on the Pussy Channel, supported by Uncensored Media, a nonprofit platform and disruptive female approach to delivering content that counts. The Pussy Channel champions stories that have been censored, subjects that have been silenced, and topics that are taboo. And if you're wondering why I spelled the word pussy with two X's instead of two S's in my headline, you simply need to listen to our conversation to understand why I did so. I promise it will be worth your time. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Jacqueline Buckingham is truly one of a kind. Well, there's our legal warning, Jacqueline Buckingham. So thank you for joining me on True 30 this morning. It's great to be here. So before we get going, I want to share a little bit, you know, off camera, we talked a little bit about the fact that I've interviewed some very storied feminists over the last year. And when we hooked up in the desert for the summit uh, conference a couple of weeks ago, I chatted a bit with you on this front. And then you were telling me about what you were doing as a feminist. And I can say with confidence <laughs> that you have a truly unique approach both to feminism and language, which we'll get into and why I'm thrilled to have you on the show. And so you are a bit of an accomplished actor as well. So I need to kind of go through this. The IMDB credits are Sleepless Nights, which came out in 2022. The Box, which will soon be released in January of 2023. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, The Portrait. You had stints on Law and Order, As the World Turns, A Touch of Fate. Movies like Corpus Callosum, Intimate Affairs, Ed, The Gypsy Years, and of course, Half-Baked as the henchman Delilah. So these were the accolades that uh, I found on you as I started doing my homework on all things Jacqueline Buckingham. And some of the most popular cultural magazines of our time, magazines like W Magazine, have said things about Jacqueline Buckingham. Jacqueline is never played by anyone else's rules. F.D. Lux wrote, Jacqueline Buckingham always hits her mark. The New York Times, she embodies the season's audacious mood. Harper's Bazaar, as an actress with a taste for high drama, she figured understatement was beside the point. <laughs> Which were all wonderful accolades, no doubt. And if I can pull this apart. But <laughs> we're not here to talk about your storied acting career. We're here to talk about your recent passion project called The Pussy Papers. And The Box and your new product line, Huge Pussy Products. So this is all a pro-choice initiative exposing the connection between female sexuality and the global imbalance of power. The Pussy Papers reveals one woman's exploits, Jacqueline's, into sexism, censorship, and five letters that strike a national nerve. And boy, did they. Written and directed and produced by you, Jacqueline, who is a feminist filmmaker, activist, and social impact entrepreneur. The Pussy Papers will premiere in January 2023. I think specifically January 4th, as we just talked about off camera, and the Pussy Channel, supported by Uncensored Media, which is a nonprofit platform and disruptive female approach to delivering content that counts. The Pussy Channel champions stories that have been censored, subjects that have been silenced, 
and topics that have been taboo. So enough of my introduction. Let's talk about all things pussy. Fantastic. (laughs) Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing? Well, as you mentioned, The Pussy Papers comes out on January 4th, and that is my latest film. And in that film, I talk about how I was censored for using the word pussy as a feminist initiative, and really as an initiative that would empower women, especially around kind of post-traumatic situations, specifically rape, abortion, etc. So it you know, occurred to me, having a son and a daughter, that the world would agree with me if I said to my son, hey, what you have between your legs is associated with courage and strength. But what you have, my daughter, is associated with weakness and shame and vulgarity. And that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. In terms of how I feel about humanity, I I love humanity. I I just think we're better than that. (laughs) So I feel like it's kind of an oversight, right? We've just gotten so used to using that word pussy to mean weak. But really, when you think about it, it's kind of damaging. And, you know, growing up in a time where calling someone gay was absolutely not a compliment. It was a put down. Yes. And seeing that today we have, you know, our, our corporate sponsors all waving the rainbow flags happily, wonderfully. I feel like we can actually accomplish the same thing with pussy if we bring it to people's attention. And hence the film and hence the product line and hence the initiatives that are really around having more autonomy, starting with just autonomy around how we feel about our own bodies. You also mentioned in the in the opening of the Pussy Papers that changed the meaning and you changed the world. Yes. That's the idea behind that, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. I think we take for granted how, how damaging words can be. Yeah. And that the association has been so insidious around pussy. I take for granted too that people are so uncomfortable with the word, but it's because of that. It's because it really has been villainized. And what the story is in the pussy papers is just how deeply that runs. So I didn't expect in a million years that I would create a sketch comedy show for Amazon and then have Amazon come to me and say, oh, sorry, we can't this is offensive content. And I was like, wait a second, there's no nudity, there's no sex, there's no cursing, there's no violence, there's no drug use, there's none of that. What's what's obscene? And it was the word pussy that was obscene. So I could use the word pussy in the sketch, but I couldn't call it huge pussy. And the sketch was basically Hmm. in a world where calling someone a pussy was a compliment rather than a put down. It was basically just a reverse world. So it's a very kind of silly, but easy to get kind of a sketch that was considered offensive content. And that struck me as like, wait, are you kidding? I I looked, of course, on Amazon's platform and all sorts of uh, other things were allowed, including my own sketch called Big Balls. That was fine. And and there are other sketches, Balls to the Wall, Dick, Good Dick, Dick Knight, the documentary, goes on and on. Uh, <laughs> Baby, so, there was the one that I was like, okay, well, I find that offensive, but you know, uh, that it's all relative. But if to me, if dick and balls are allowed, then pussy should be allowed too. And I just consider it like, hey, let's not have dick and balls being glorified all alone. Let's also glorify pussy. How long ago did you, how long did this actually take place? Was this a year and a half ago? This was, uh, the box was completed in 2018. Okay. Yeah. So almost four years ago. And, And so... You wanted to put all of this new content up, which, by the way, wasn't cheap. <laughs> I looked at oh, the production God. value of this. No, it was really well done. Thank you. You spent a lot of time and money and effort. You hired a digital marketing team, digital yeah. people in general to help you build this. All the content, the ads, the media buys, all of that. That's the product line. Yes. And it was all shut down based on this word. Correct. So after the thing happened with Amazon, I I was actually forced to change the name of the sketch from huge pussy to the huge P word. Didn't have to change big balls. Okay. But I was like, really, you know, what, what is this, you know, why offensive? And I looked it up in the dictionary and sure enough in the dictionary and not just Merriam Webster, but others, pussy was in there as vulgar. uh, Vulgar. Oh, vulgar, vulgar. Absolutely. Uh, Vulgar, weak, uh, offensive is absolutely in there. Whereas you look up balls and it says ballsy and it says courage, nerve, strength. 
So I thought, okay, this is kind of crazy. Come on, we should be able to get another de- another definition. <laughs> so um, my daughter was actually home with me and I said, let's just write a definition right now. And so I just kind of scrawled on a piece of paper and said, you know, <clears throat> otherworldly, orgasmic, resilient, flexible, life-giving humanity vessel. And then I put a huge pussy holds the future. Because having a 13-year-old at the time, it was like, wait, you know, her, her and all of her friends, right? They will be carrying the future. <laughs> so literally, right? yes. Yes. so I wrote down all those words and then I, I, I decided let's make it into a tote bag because Big Balls was actually in the Hollywood Comedy Film Festival. And I thought, you know what? Like we're celebrating Big Balls there. That's great. But let's also, let's carry huge pussy on the red carpet. So I created this tote bag and it was really just for us. It was just for us. My daughter and I went, it was our Easter weekend and we flew from New York to LA and walked the red carpet with our huge pussy totes. And the film did great and people loved it, but people went nuts for the bag. And that wow. was really fun to see because it was for us. I wasn't doing it for anybody other than us because my daughter had seen me, you know, put so much time and effort into something and then have to change it because somebody else said this word means something that is bad and not allowed. And I thought, you know what? No, how about what if we just give it new meaning? And what if we celebrate it by putting it on a tote bag? And, and that led to you know us walking on Melrose the next day while we were thrifting and and not being able to walk 10 feet without people stopping and saying, oh my God, where'd you get that bag? To the point where people were yelling across <laughs> the street, excuse me. And that was so fun. That was such a great moment for me because I was like, oh, wait a minute. Other people like, it's not just me. I'm not the only pussy loving individual here. And I went back to New York and started to create all these other products. And I road tested them. I was wearing a, you know, huge pussy fanny pack around Times Square and a huge pussy duffel that says, you know, pussy huge (laughs) on the side in the Seattle airport and, you know, walking on the beach and huge pussy boots. And then that's when, uh, you know, after all of that positive feedback, I decided, you know, let's, let's go for it. Let's actually change, change this by normalizing the word. And the more you see it, the more it becomes normal. So let's turn, you know, villainization into normalization and get people more comfortable with it. And I thought, you know what? Sure. So let's celebrate pussy in public. And we had about 50 products and I hired a team and did invest heavily in that and was absolutely surprised when, um, after all that work, we had all these ads and we go and roll them out and they were blocked on every single platform. Google, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, every, everywhere. It's just blocked. Couldn't everywhere based on that one word. One word. There's no, there's absolutely no imagery. You know, the, the products are like this. It's yeah. huge pussy on, on, you know, on totes, on hats, on t-shirts, on hoodies and, and the new definition. That is it. It's just really seeing the word. And uh, that was, that was a huge surprise. And it did, it did, it threw me for sure. It did. It threw you pretty hard. Which yeah. you sh- you shared in the actual stuff that you sent me. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because you said that it threw you into a depression and you were a mess. I was. I it did. Yeah. It really, really did. Uh, and I realized um, that I didn't have. Number one, I didn't have like a backup plan. I I, I just assumed this was going to work. You know, I thought hey, we're in America. We have freedom of speech. Yeah. Um, this is a free market that, you know, there people will, people will like, you know, people like this and they'll, but not being able to advertise that was a game changer. And at that point, um, you know, we were kind of pre COVID and at that point, you know, I did talk to, uh, different human rights lawyers and, uh, freedom of speech lawyers and really no one would come close to the word. Everyone. Even gender attorneys, correct? Absolutely. No. That surprised me specifically today with all of the, I think, you know, political lobbying going on around gender and trans people and all the neat things that are taking place on that front. I would assume that a gender attorney would have picked that up and said, hey, we got to we got to run with this. And by the way, I'm embarrassed that I didn't even look up the definition. I didn't know that it was pejorative by definition in Webster and other dictionaries that it is Absolutely. a. So you're you're you when you say it is is in shared in our culture as a pejorative. It just is. And it's, it just it's, is. it's not just like a double standard in this, you know, the big balls and big dick and all the big dick energy and all the things that we know as a culture that is completely acceptable. Yeah. Yours, your vagina, your, not just yours, pussy in general is a 
is something that is not allowed on any of the platforms you mentioned. And yeah. so did did you, what did you do about that censorship? You have no lawyers that would take it on. What, what was your next step? My next step was I needed to focus on supporting myself and supporting my daughter. And okay. so I needed to, I needed to move on and put it on a shelf and really, truly, you know, what went against all of what I believe in, but being someone who is, you know, responsible for myself and responsible for my daughter, I wasn't in a position to keep on investing. Right. And, um, that was, that was the part I think that was really ultimately so disheartening and, and, and did cause that, that depression because what started this whole thing was when I took my daughter out of school for her fifth grade year and I wrote a global school curriculum and global school tour around Australasia. And what I was writing about at the time, I had just, I had just uh, read Half the Sky by Nicholas Kristoff and Cheryl Wudun, which is such a game changer of a book. And so I started to write about the connection between, you know, the, basically what seems like another world, right. Where, where, you know, women's bodies are being mutilated essentially. So they cannot feel pleasure in the, in the act of having a clitorectomy and, um, you know, where brides are still burned and females still need an escort to go out and they can't start a bank account and they can't have, you know, they don't have all these rights. So what I was exploring was different places in the world and how quality of life is connected with rights for women. Yeah. So, quality of life for everyone being connected to the rights for women. So that's what I was writing about when I was global schooling her. And, you know, we ran into instances where, you know, I, I, I talk about this story in the pussy papers where we were in, in Indonesia and we're visiting a temple and there was a sign outside of the temple that said, if you are menstruating, you may not enter. And we were there with a guide. And I said to the guide, what's the story? with this sign. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he said, oh, just very matter of factly, oh, it's, well, it's very dirty. And I said, so, you know, we're, we're dirty. And he he said, said, it's oh. very dirty. That was his it's exact dirty. response. It's very, it's very, very dirty. dirty. It's very dirty. And I said, wow. so we're dirty? And he said, no, not if you're not bleeding. And I said, well, but if we are, yes, you're dirty. So that was just one of, one of the many instances and certainly not calling out one country or one belief system of any kind. Absolutely. That's, that's the antithesis of my goal here. My goal is actually to pull that thread through from that shame that's associated with the female body and with female biology that leads to life, which I find completely just not aligned at all Yeah. with, you know, the lack of rights we now have here to our own bodies. And, and that all of that is connected. And it really is this villainization of female sexuality that has been in our culture for such a long, long time that we've just gotten so used to. So we just call people pussies on TV when we think that they're so weak. And we say, oh, can I get you a tampon? Because they're, we're saying, mm. oh, they're weak. And yet that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, this is the, the place where it all, all life begins. <laughs> Without life, we are nothing. Yeah, I think I so hard to believe. I think that the fact that you sorry to interrupt. I, I think that you oh. took the fact that you zoomed out. I think that's one of our biggest problems here in America is that yeah. we just always assume what we see is what the world sees. And globally, it's just as bad. And so I think you and I talked about this briefly at the summit, where I shared with you that after Rwanda's genocide in ninety four, we had eight hundred thousand men and boys killed. Yeah. And at the time, women were not just second class citizens. They had no autonomy. They had no rights at all. They weren't allowed to have jobs or bank accounts or driver's license or anything. So the, they actually had to step up literally and figuratively to the positions previously unwelcomed for them, which right. was police and military and medicine and yeah. parliament. And the neat thing is once the women got into power, they now are 61% of parliament in Rwanda. And by the way, newsflash, big shocker, it's the most successful parliament in the world as it relates to just gender balance and 
I think, overall balance as it relates to uh, governing. And, and so it was one of those things for me that rings loudly specific to feminism in general. I, I think we even made this joke, which I get in trouble for, but I think 60% has always been a good number for me specific to women in power because you need 40% men too. You need a little bit of us. You just can't have us I, in charge. <laughs> so, and you guys can't be 100% in charge either because you don't like each other enough as a group. You have to have some, you have some dudes agree. in there. <laughs> also agree. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking for just more equality. Right. right. I mean, that's, that's, I, I don't think it's, this is really anyone's fault at all. Um, or, or something you can point the finger at someone and say, oh, this is where you've gone wrong. I think it's just important to shine the light on it and say, hey, can't we do better than this? Aren't we to the point as a species where we can actually realize this and say, oh, well, sure, let's change that. Yeah. I mean, I could say, you know, I'm going home to see my mommy in, uh, at Christmas. And if I brought up that word, my mom's 82, Catholic, <laughs> very, very conservative. And yeah. she would blanch at the word. And even I, I think I just shared with you off camera, but this was, this just happened. So I was driving my little dudes to school this morning, listening to some Barry Wise on her podcast. And she was interviewing a woman named Casey Means, who is a doctor. And she was in her ninth year of residency as a surgeon at Stanford Medical. And she said the mantra before surgeries to her fellow classmates, and this is men and women, was do not be a pussy. Don't be a pussy when it comes to cutting into a human being. So right. that, to your point, it's permeated the culture. Absolutely. And it's been one of those things where it is, don't be a pussy is a pejorative in that sense, including women that were actually surgeons. So that was a weird thing for me to hear. And then on the lighter side of things, uh, there was a recent billboard that I saw in LA from Sarah Silverman, whose new comedy tour is called Grow Some Lips. So she gets her joke. <laughs> she gets her joke as she always does. She's wonderful and I love her. But yeah, it is. it has permeated the culture, not only here in America, but globally, right? I mean, it's just, it's not a word that we use. No, no. I, I mean, I could be killed in other countries. I could be jailed. I could be, you know, hauled off. Absolutely. Which is, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing because if I have the right to me, then I should absolutely do something with that right. If I have the resources, then it's my responsibility to do something with those resources in terms right. of how I see my own life force. So how are you getting over these major obstacles? Because these are not light. I think, I don't know if I shared this, I wrote a, a memoir for my boys. It's not something that is hugely public, but it was called Joey Somebody, The Life and Times of a Recovering Douchebag. <laughs> and in the, it was one of when, the best covers I've ever seen, by the way. Well, in the cover, that was me on my my BMX bike when oh, I was twelve. Really Thank good. you. Pretty epic. And I was not allowed on Amazon to use the word, and I kept they right. kept sending back things to me and say you cannot advertise female products. <laughs> and yes. I'm like it has nothing to do. It's a it's yes. it's a slang term about being a jackass. That's right. nothing to do. So I I had a little bit of drama with it, but and I wasn't advertising it because I wasn't overly worried about selling a memoir that I wrote for my kids. It wasn't like right. and I share that story with you because you put all this effort and money and time into this. What how did you get over this? These are not small obstacles because I know from being in the world of media for 20 years, if you can't advertise and you can't productize and you can't get your message out there, it's a deal breaker. It's a stopper. It so it what is. did you do? I mean, I know you were depressed, but then you got pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was a little depressed. And then yeah. I thought, you know what, this, this, uh, this whole being depressed thing is, is connected. Yeah. Um, and, and I've done a, a written some, um, that's it's in my book that's not coming out in for a while, but, uh, done some, you know, research around, depression and female body. So depression and rape, depression and abortion, right? Depression and, you know, body negativity. They're mm -hmm. all connected. Of course they are. And the way I see it is the seeds of shame uh, proliferate in silence. So staying silent is absolutely not the thing that I want or how I want my kids or grandkids, future grandkids to say about me. Right. To say, well, yeah. they wouldn't let her. So she stopped. And so when the thing in Texas happened last, let's see, I guess it was last September. So over a year ago. Right. That gave, you know, not only did it get rid of the right for women to have abortions, but it also gave the right 
to someone's rapist to sue them and then be awarded $10,000 for stopping an abortion, thereby incentivizing rape. That is where I say, um, no, that doesn't seem right to me to truly incentivize rape in that way and take all the rights away from a woman who may be uh, the victim of violence or incest or, my God, just her own choice to do what she wants with her life. That's when I was like, okay, no. No. Just because of, just because this handful of lawyers that I talked to, right, and and this and these platforms that may not even know, right? I haven't had, you know, I haven't sued, I haven't happily and lovingly sued Jeff Bezos yet, and <laughs> and when I do, um, it's going to be like really fun and sweet, and in a way that's like Jeff, let's change this, right? Because clearly, you know, he doesn't know per se right now. Right. He will. <laughs> he, he will. will. Um, yes. But we're going to be best friends. I already know. It. And, but, you know, he doesn't know that, that right, that balls is, is allowed and, and pussy's not necessarily. And I say the issue is, is algorithmic and also like a guy named Bob or a lady named Susan, whatever. It doesn't matter. But meaning that my not being allowed to put, you know, to advertise this mug on uh, Amazon is because of an algorithm. Whereas in the case of my not being able to start a company called Huge Pussy Holdings is a guy named Bob. So Delaware, when I had my lawyers, you know, set up my companies, my lawyers, you know, send it off to Delaware and Delaware says, sorry, you can't have this thing. And Same was, thing, except to your point, it wasn't an algorithm, it was a human being named that Bob. Was being. That was a human being, could have been Bob, could have been Susan, could have been, you know, who, right. who, well, who else. But that was the case where I said, okay, well, let's contest it, contested it. And sure enough, it was blocked again. I did a thorough check just to make sure that I, you know, that I I wasn't going to do a name that already existed, like Big Dick Rims and Big Dick. It's just there were so many. It's endless, right? I mean, I looked at they some of the stuff. You saw. I, I think yeah. I told that one. I mean, there, there were just so many. So I said, okay, well, let's let's do um, more than big balls. How about that one? And and you know, that one I became the CEO of that day. So there were no problems there. So you have more than big balls was fine from Bob, but he was right. pussy was not. Exactly. And so kind of coming back to what made me go back to this was, you know what, I have not exhausted these these efforts. And certainly I I, I don't um I don't villainize any, you know, particular I don't villainize really the patriarchy or or men at all. I just think this is honestly an oversight. And I really see it as being something that we can actually shift in my lifetime. Sure. And, you know, yeah. some people say, oh, wow, that's, you know, you want to change culture. That's, that's really big. Well, you know what? I mean, what else, what, what else are we doing here? Right. I mean, let's do something that is productive. So I do think it's possible, but the thing that did light the fire under me absolutely was Texas. And as I yeah. also tell in my story that I was a teenager who was pregnant at 16 in Texas, and I was under the best of circumstances, um, meaning I had the wherewithal and the support uh, to tell my parents. Um, I was deeply, deeply, deeply ashamed. I was, um, you know, in a in a place where I was, you know, I believed that it was it was a sin that I was a sinner. It was, you know, I took it very, very. Were you brought up religious? Um, I sought it out myself. Really, I kind okay, of. Okay, so part of that was the guilt. I grew up Catholic, Absolutely. so that's why I'm wondering. Yeah. yeah. It was Methodist, uh, but I, I took it upon myself to read the Bible and go to Sunday school by myself. Um, okay. I, I really enjoyed the, the service portion. I got a lot, a lot out of that. And I, you know, built houses with United Methodist Army. And so it was a, it was a positive experience for me. But then learning in the Bible, like, oh my gosh, I'm a sinner. And this, right. that, that part wasn't, you know, fantastic. So, um, but being in the best of circumstances, you know, I had a safe and legal abortion and, and I would not, having a 16-year-old now, my daughter would not have that same right. And to think about if, if, if that was the case and we did live in Texas, certainly with me as her mom, we, and, that, and if that was her choice, then we would get her to a safe and legal situation. Right. But most of those people don't have that. And that's the thing that made me go, you know what? What Huge Pussy really is about and what this 
mug honestly represents for me is huge pussy energy. And I think we we talked about this. You were like, oh, that's kind of a new wave of feminism. And I was like, whoa, the F word, Joey. And <laughs> <laughs> but truly it is to me, it's a mindset. And that's yeah. the other, that's my that's my other passion. That's the other thing I do in terms of um, you know, my consulting work and how I work with clients. It's mindset, it's mindset training. I studied neuroscience at Harvard and founded a wellness center. And that's what I'm so dedicated to in terms of my own personal life as a practice that I've I live by and, and having huge pussy energy really just means living with courage and standing up for what you believe in and not being scared, not backing down, finding a way, right? Not letting, not letting that, you know, the fact that this handful of lawyers didn't want to come close to it, not being victimized by something that you really shouldn't be, but finding yeah. a way and, and, um, persevering. Yeah. And as I shared with you off camera, I, I had a podcast this week with Julie Smolansky who's the CEO of Lifeway Foods, and she was the yeah. producer of The Hunting Ground, which yes. is a very groundbreaking documentary about violence against women and girls, specifically on college campuses. Yeah. And it really shined a light on some really dark places yeah. specific to, I think, what you're talking about, which is systemic gender problems, right? We just see things differently. And part of this, which was, you know, she, the documentary itself uh, was a big hit and it was up for Oscars, and it was, uh, Lady Gaga wrote a really beautiful song for the documentary, and Julie had yet to come out. She'd come out to her friends that she was raped as a young girl, yeah. and they said, hey, we're going to have 50 survivors on stage with Lady Gaga. Do you want to come and represent? And that was her actual coming out, both literally and figuratively, and she did. And she said it changed her life, yeah. and it, it's helped her empower other women, and that's what the documentary really did well. It featured these two young women uh, named Annie Clark and Andrea Andrea Pino, and they were both raped, and they were both told by the administrator. One of them actually said this, and I quote, well, Annie, rape is a lot like a football game. So just pretend you're a quarterback, and you get to review the film. What would you have changed? And then they asked all these young women questions like, how much did you have to drink? Were you wearing tight clothing? Wow. Did you fight them off? You know, just terrible things. And I, I bring all these terrible things up because, and you don't have to talk about this, you don't want to, but in your pussy papers, you actually talked about your own rape. And sadly, as I heard this, and I, again, I'm sorry that you had to go through this, it is stupidly common of powerful women that I've been in touch with over the last year in studying feminism, how many of them have been sexually assaulted and yeah. raped or yeah. either. And it's just, do you want to talk a little bit about that and where that maybe that has a lot of the the fire that I see in your production value and your your you're just not going to quit <laughs> type mentality? I mean, you want to or is that just off limits? I didn't mean to bring no, it up. No, not at all. Actually, I was um, that that film, which I have not seen yet, uh, but it was brought to my attention. I went to a Title IX event with yeah. her, uh, Siebel Newsom and an incredible, incredible panel of women and that they talked about that film and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it because that's where my rape happened on, on the college campus. Okay. That I was on. And it was a situation where I did kind of that same thing where I, I just, I thought it was my fault. I thought mm. it was my fault that I put myself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Never in a million years um, would I have thought there was some kind of injustice done to me. It was, I internalized all of it. And certainly that, you know, that factors into the mental health piece. And that's right. what I'm writing about, you know, in my book and what, what I'll, I'm going to put it out actually over the course of, of this year and kind of chapters and, and share it as I go along. Oh, cool. And, um, cause that way you, that way you kind of involve people. And I think it's more fun that way, but essentially it's about how, I mean, the thesis is, you know, when the body is shamed, the voice is silenced. So whatever, you know, and I had some, you know, early kind of childhood things. And then, you know, certainly then the abortion, which was supported by my parents, but it was also like, now we don't talk about this. You know, it was like, we, right. we, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about it. Period. Stay quiet. We yeah. stay quiet about it. And then being raped just a couple of years later, it was like, we also don't talk about it. Ugh. And, and it was something, even in my marriage, it was like, we don't talk about your dark past. 
right? And 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 if you think about when I think about that, I'm like, gosh, Lena, that's not even really that that dark, <laughs> and that's something that's so common. Like you said, it's yeah. so incredibly common, which is why I think it really does need to be brought to light, because truly, things that are unspoken just get swollen with shame. Mm-hmm. And that shame yeah. can take you down. And so I did, you know, I, I, I talk about being suicidal and, and having so much shame and feeling like it was so my fault and feeling like it was right. It was like, oh, it's the way you look. It's the way it, it's your fault. Right. Like, you are bad. That felt terrible, right? It felt terrible. But knowing, I think the thing that keeps me going and, and that um, tenacity is, is really because I'm like, I'm not alone. This is, right. this is there. It's, it's, it's everyone. So the more we make things spoken, right. The, the more normal it is. And it's like, yeah, this happened. Okay. Now let's move on. Let's move on. And that is truly what, what, you know, I, I'm um, launching some courses this year, huge pussy energy, and I've developed something called the pussy process. And that's what the pussy process is about. It really is about getting over the shame that you've been harboring in your body for years. Cause if, you're like, I, I was, and I think a lot of women are this way, our violence goes inward. Mm-hmm. And so to inflict that kind of violence upon ourselves, even with saying like, ooh, I looked it, right? Any kind of negativity, internal dialogue, uh, external, that's something that I completely changed my life. Um, it was after I got divorced and I just kind of shifted the way I thought, I shifted the way I I did most things. I started writing a lot. And it's when I started really all this work because I didn't want to harbor that shame. I thought if I'm harboring that shame, then I'm showing my daughter how to do it. And and I was like, no, because if I know it's there, then it's my responsibility to take care of it, right? If my closet's full of this junk, then it's my job to take out the junk and organize it and get rid of it. And that's exactly how I feel about anything that happens to, you know, to somebody that, is, you know, let's say a, not a positive experience. Right. Yeah. But I absolutely believe in the transformation of pain into power. And I think it is an opportunity to make something beautiful from that ball of clay that we all have. That's our trauma. And that is something that I now am, I am, you know, it's odd to say I'm, I'm grateful for it, but I can see the beauty in it because I can share it and say, Hey, look, there's, you know, I almost let this take me down, but I didn't. And I'm so glad I didn't because now if it happens to my daughter, it's not going to take her down. Well, that's yes. And, and God forbid. Good for you because that's the same thing that the silver, the silver lining of that movie, the hunting ground was these powerful women and they look to women like you and young women who are assaulted will look to them. And the neat thing that took place in the movie, and this is where technology itself assisted this healing, was that they built this network of women who had been violated, assaulted, raped, and they were on Zoom meetings and they were talking and they were legislating using Title IX as a cudgel because that's what they needed to do. And they went after the universities that poo-pooed their trauma. And it was beautiful to see because the power of these young women it was proof positive exactly what you just said. Bringing awareness to it was necessary because if you don't feel alone, you lose the shame. And if you lose the shame, you can actually begin to heal. And a lot of the tragedies around these young women who tried to isolate, they did commit suicide. They couldn't deal with it. They felt it was their fault. And that was where the awareness became beautiful. As hard as it is to share, because I have never gone through a trauma like that, it was something that I thought was really neat. And that was again, where when we chatted, I was, I didn't even know this when we first met, but then as I started to do some homework on you, uh, it seems like many strong women and a lot of the ones that we talked about off camera, the feminists that I interviewed and talked with also had been raped or assaulted by men. And so it is very important to get these stories out specific to young women and how you guys can be a sisterhood, if you will, around this level of nonsense not only is the violence bad, but then the reaction now, you know, from society and college campuses. And, you know, one thing that she helped me understand is that there was 400,000 rape kits that had never been looked at in our culture. And she came up with a remedy for this 
which was a neat part of our story, but it's that level. And I said, how is that possible? And she said, the reason it's possible, Joey, is because that's where our priorities are as a culture. Exactly. Exactly. And I was like, holy shit. And it's like, you know, as I shared with you off camera, I had just thought that the patriarchy stuff, and I know you aren't blasting the patriarchy, but it, the one thing that I hear, you know, that is very in common with most of these discussions I've had with feminism or feminists in general is that patriarchy is real. It's, and it is powerful. And it's not that we're all bad dudes, right? I, I get that. It's that there has to be a shift. And that's exactly what you're doing with the pussy papers is that you're bringing the term moving it from the pejorative into the four, into the light and say, hey, this is a good thing. And, you know, even in your sketch comedy that you were nice enough to share with me before it went public, it was funny and it was whimsical. And it really, I think I was at Oscar Wilde that said, if you want to tell someone the truth, make them laugh or they'll kill you. So I think you did, you did a really good job of exactly that because it was Thank funny you. and it was whimsical and it was, it was telling. And, you know, uh, yeah. You want to talk a little bit about... Um, your pussy rules? Because I thought those were... Sure, sure. Uh, I'll first pretty... just say, um, though, that I completely credit my amazing and supportive and truly incredible ex-husband and father of my two children uh, for that, for the box. Because I had written, you know, something that was uh, good uh, coming from that place of uh, half the sky, right? Writing about... Yeah just the horrors that happened to women around the world. And I, I, you know, came back and we were already divorced, but I said, will you take a look at this? And he was like, look, Jack, this is great writing, but it's so depressing. Could you please make this into a comedy? And I thought, wait, huh. how am I going to make this into a comedy? And, um, well, you did, but I did. And it was so freeing and it was so much fun. Uh, truly some of the, you know, really, really fun nights. And I, I never would have made it. Um, if it weren't for his encouragement, I, I was, I wouldn't even, I mean, truly it is, it is like taking a walk into this brain, which can be a little, a little wild and crazy up there. So, uh, I, he was the only one I showed it to. And then I showed it to my son and they were, they both were, were so supportive and said, you have to do this. And I'm so glad I did because it really led to, you know, what, what's been happening for the the subsequent five years. So nice. anyway, that's just a, that's just a Good shout out to the ex. That's, that's yeah, good. because that's it, nice. it's, uh, it, I, I wouldn't, have, I couldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it without him. Yeah. Okay. What was your question? I'm so sorry. I well, you know, cause you got into your, the, in the pussy papers, you on stage again, beautifully produced, you have your pussy rules. And so oh, there's yes, three yes, of yes, them. Yes, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, the first one is change the meaning of pussy. <laughs> so yeah. that's real simple. Yeah. And, and that really, really for me was like starting my day with this mug was was incredibly life-changing. It may sound really silly, but for somebody who was harboring a lot of shame, right? For sexual, you know, things, right? Yeah. That really shifted. It was different than let's say doing a self-help course with Jack Canfield, which was just like, I love myself. I'm great. Right. This was actually looking at this definition and seeing, you know, otherworldly, orgasmic, life-giving, resilient, flexible. That was... It, it, it shifted things. It really did. Um, pussy so means was, power. Pussy means power. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Like, that's it. And and it did shift the way it, it brought to light a lot of things that um, that you feel less entitled to as a woman. Like, oh, no, I should be quiet. I should be lovely. Right. I shouldn't make waves. I should be obedient. I should write all of those things. And then you start to kind of get into this place where you're like, wait, no, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> like, I, I, maybe I deserve to be here as much as this guy. Yeah. So that's number one. Um, the second one is... Um, is celebrate maybe, pussy in oh, public. Thank you. Is yeah. celebrate pussy in public. Yes, yep. most definitely. Because I do really believe that the more we see it, and I was the woman until, you know, last year I was living in Santa Barbara, which is kind of a small town. And so I was the lady that certainly people knew of because I was walking into Blazy Acres grocery store wearing my, <laughs> you know, not just, not just my fanny pack, which literally was attached to my body for two years, but also had my tote for my groceries and also was pretty much wearing my hat. Like I was trying out all my merch. So <laughs> I was just, I was like the pussy lady. Walking. What did that, I mean, cause I've been to that neighborhood. What is, that couldn't have been great. 
in every circumstance, right? I mean, that's a pretty conservative, wealthy to do. Oh my God. You know, yeah. I knew no one when I moved there. I, I knew no one. And I got lucky enough to meet this really wonderful um, woman who then invited me to join her ladies hiking group. And these women are incredible friends and just blessed, awesome people. Cool. But truly, it was like, which of these things doesn't belong? It was absolutely this lady. And I know that some of them were just kind of like, wait a minute, what, what does she do? Like, we like her. Like, she seems nice, but right. what the hell? Like, what? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, it was it was one of those things that they got kind of past it. It was, it was like, we didn't really even talk about it. It was just kind of one of those things uh, that the friendship overshadowed everything else. But certainly it was you know, it was different than being like in Los Angeles for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. I would imagine because I actually, I saw you before I was introduced to you yeah. uh, by our friend from Google, but I saw your bag and I yes. saw your tote and I said, and, and I saw, I don't know if it was just you. I don't know if other, I don't know if you handed out other merch, but I did uh, see I it. Just me with a tote. Yeah. And that was like, okay, I got to talk to that. <laughs> I got to talk to that woman at some point. <clears throat> and fortunately, someone else actually introduced us because he recognized that I had, I wanted to report on feminism. And, and, yes. and he said, you got to talk to this woman because she <laughs> is the new modern day feminist extraordinaire. And I was like, all right, Kapal, wow. that's perfect. Let's, let's uh, uh, set up the introduction. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. Rule number three, though, is connect with pussy. So yep. it's change the definition, celebrate pussy in public. The third one is connect with pussy. And that is really meaning, you know, connect with your own in whatever way that that's appropriate for you. You know, I'm not, I won't get into a whole thing of, of how I teach in the pussy process, but it does have to do with being intimate with oneself, Okay. which I'm a big proponent of. So I think sexual health is something we don't talk about nearly enough. It's very interconnected with mental health. And I teach in the pussy process, safe, healthy appropriate ways that are for you in whatever place you're in. People have different, you know, places where they are in relationship to their pussies. Um, and that just means, you know, you can connect with pussy and, in, in you know, thanking the one from which you have. So, yes. Well, and also I think you be calling your mother and saying, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the allegory there is also to your point to balance, you know, the relationship between men's sexuality and women's sexuality. We, and I grew up, with a father who was a sexist, misogynist, racist. He was a complete jackass. And he loved and celebrated my, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but my my being a fan of women. I had a lot of girlfriends. And I slept around a lot uh, because I was insecure, which most men who sleep around are really insecure. Yeah, I was one of them. And it it's one of those things where you as a group have not had that same luxury. It's not okay to be, yeah, or encouragement. It's not okay to be promiscuous and, and not even enjoy casual sex, which is silly, right? It's, it's whether or not, you know, again, I grew up, I'm a recovering Catholic. So I was told you can't ever have sex before marriage. And I just kind of thought that was ludicrous on so many fronts. But the idea there was that I wasn't punished for it by society. I was punished by my church, right. you know, which I didn't belong to anymore. So it didn't really matter. But the, I think what you're doing there specifically with connecting with yourself is to be okay with sexuality and how much fun sex is. And specifically if it's done right and responsibly and you're not, you know, putting yourself in harm's way and all of those things. I think that's a really big piece of it. Yeah. Huge piece of it. Even just the, even just the fantasizing, that's a huge piece of it. Even yeah. allowing and, and, um, and encouraging someone to just have the fantasy, that's a huge step. So many of us just cut ourselves off completely. And I don't think that does anybody any good at all. It's it's so much more fun for whatever partner, partners you're with when you've got a relationship with your pussy. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, we understand our penis. <laughs> all dudes, we understand it. And when we've been playing with it since it grew, right? That's just I, every dude, you know, just wait. wait. Hey, what's that? Whoa, hey, that feels pretty good. I think I'll do yes. that every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, I I absolutely fantasize about the world where we have all sorts of of kind of you know pussy monuments. Uh, that that will that will be a that will be a sweet moment. 
It will. I mean, Seinfeld did its best to try to equalize this. I don't know if you remember that where George got caught masturbating by his mother and he came into the <laughs> diner <laughs> and he, and he's like, all right, I'm never doing that again. And it's like, what do you mean? You're never doing what again? I'm never doing that again. And they're like, no. Yes. And then they had the yeah. contest pinky swear. And the funny part about that was where Kramer, she said, well, <laughs> you know, we shave, we, we shave too. And he's like, not every day. Right. <laughs> and I remember thinking, and then it's like, no, you got to do, 10 to 1, 10 to 1 odds, because there's no way you're not going to do it. And it was funny because that was, you know, again, the allegory of that comedic sketch was that, oh, women aren't as sexual as men. And that's also just inaccurate, right? And then if you are one of those women that is as sexual as a man, you feel shame. Oh, yes. That's crazy. Because we've never, guys have never felt shame for wanting sex and we want it every day. So yeah. And, and almost like they're a little freaked out too. If if you are, let's say, you know, very, a very sexual person and they're like, wow. Right. You've got a lot. Even your friends. You've got a lot of testosterone. You're like, oh, oh, right. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, it's just inaccurate. (laughs) It's just inaccurate. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for, I'm all for what I, what I also talk about in the book, which I'll, I keep on mentioning it because I've been working on it, um, recently and I've got a a chapter in there called the pleasure principle. And that is something we really have not prioritized for women. We certainly have for men and, you know, it's talk to your doctor about Viagra and, and it's very normal. And so one of the, one of the, um, new shows that I'm working on is called Cliteracy and it is not <laughs> a nice name. That's great. I'm really excited about it. It's like a mini docuseries. Okay. And, um, and I'm really excited about the people that are involved. This was inspired by two back-to-back New York Times articles about the clitoris. And, uh, you know, one was about actually that, that the name pudendum comes from part that should be shamed. So the Latin root. Wow is even around shame. That one was a fascinating article. And then the other one is about how we know nothing about it. So uh, the no. thing I wrote, just wrote about clitoris, it was like, you know, forget the ocean and space. You know, the, the clitoris is really the great unknown, but it's connected to global health as now we're getting into um, instances where we're learning more about it in phallectomies. So, you know, going from female to male genitalia and therefore, mm-hmm. you know, you want to have the, the nerve endings. But women who have been actually, you know, scarred and unable to have orgasms anymore because we know so little about the clitoris. And it's a pretty fascinating, amazing, uh, incredible, um, you know, as I call it, the pleasure dome. And so that's a series that will be coming out in 2023 as well? Yes. Cool. Do you have any idea when or is it still in production? Yeah, April. 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 All right. Yeah. Okay. And then, so just to, let's just get some of these things straight. So you have the pussy papers that will drop on the 4th of January. You have the box. Is that, is there a date for that? Come out in January too. So we're going to put out, all this comes out on, um, on the channel. So we're okay. launching the channel, um, in January and, uh, and, and that's what is the channel called? I'll make sure I get all this in the, in the links when I publish sure. this. So my, the- my nonprofit is called uncensored media. Okay. And, Given if we if we don't have any issues, and I'm I'm working with uh, Google's social impact uh, division with their their YouTube situation. Okay. And uh, so hopefully we won't have any issues. <laughs> yeah, have they approved this? Is this? Uh, and, but you know, like who, who knows? Uh, hopefully it'll be the Pussy Channel. And uh, and if you're not, gonna try. We're, we are, we are going to try our best, <laughs> right. um, but not, not, you know, um, not having Larry Page, you know, on, on speed dial just yet. We'll see on that yeah. one. Hopefully though, hopefully if not, it will be under, um, it'll be under, actually it'll be called like young channel, which will be like your uncensored media. Oh yeah. Which nice. is, that works yeah, because it's just, you know, pussy at the end of the day, it's just Yum and luscious. It is. It fun. is. Uh, and so there is, there is, you know, education there. But the point of it is also that it's fun. And the reason for why YouTube is is it is so far the only place that I have not been censored yet. YouTube. And yes. And oh, good for YouTube. Way to with, go. With other platforms, um, whether it be you know HBO or or another um, 
you know, Netflix or et cetera. Uh, I really believe in, in women owning their content. And this mm-hmm. platform is 100% female formed content. So that means that 100% of above the line creators, directors, producers, et cetera, on our platform are female. So basically it's like wow. women are forming this content. It's, um, and it's also one where we're crowdsourcing. So we're actually getting uh, some curated issue-based pieces, uh, whether it's about you know abortion rights, um, it could be about rape, it could be about a number of different issues. And we're gonna be putting those out monthly, but those will come from kind of, it's a global quilt of, of an approach to film which kind of takes the elitism out of it because, you know, film is kind of an elitist medium as well. So the point really is to bring more female voice to media. And uh, that that feels like a lot of fun. I'm excited. That- it's not just my stuff. It's it's um, it's it's connecting with with female filmmakers globally who have been censored and ones we've never heard of because uh, they have not had the opportunity to bring their stuff to the table. And so is Uncensored Media actually going to be a incubator of sorts with this, with these kind of films? So you actually, with this platform, not only will you put out the content that you produce yourself, but you will actually welcome other female filmmakers specifically on topics of sexuality, or is it anything to do with feminine femininity or women's rights, or is it, is it kind of run the gamut there? Mental, yeah, it's physical and mental health. It's sexual health and intimacy. It's accessible activism. It is uh, also uh, financial autonomy. So, ah. uh, and po- body positivity and uh, gender rights and language. So, it's those are the that's kind of the um, whole universe. So, it it does have a, a big a big span, but that would be that'll be a lot of fun to see. And I love I love actually doing it on YouTube. I'm so glad that YouTube is doing this whole social impact initiative. But that way we get to engage with our audience and see what it is that they want more of, because the whole point is not to have just this one white lady, right? No, absolutely not. It really is about underrepresented voices. So what gives me a lot of joy is to be able to create a platform where other people can come to the table and then through sponsorship and et cetera, um, we'll be able to cover our operating costs. Oh, that's fantastic. We we should talk off camera a little bit because I, as you know, I mentioned Julie Bendel in our previous conversations, yeah. and then you've done some homework on her yeah. since then. Um, there are other filmmakers out there that have been banned. Yes. And exactly. that, that we could put you in touch with, um, I think that might be good for this network because obviously the more light that is shined on these dark places, it, it the awareness, as we talked about earlier in the in the chat here, is necessary. We need those types of things to come out without shame, with, you know, banter, with people coming up and talking. Exactly, exactly. I don't want it to be, you know, it 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 wouldn't ever be a place that would be making people feel badly about who they are. It it really, it has to be balanced with with what's fun and celebratory. And and I think I mentioned to you uh, that, you know, we're giving away huge pussy awards and then we'll all go to men. And my pussy podcast will be a part of this too, because YouTube is a is a platform where, you know, content comes out, you know, every couple of days. So we will be putting content out at first in kind of Q1, uh, two times a week, and then we'll increase to three in uh, Q2. But that's, you know, made possible by the other filmmakers out there. And, cool. uh, and also by doing, you know, these kind of snackable, bite-sized types of entertainment that draw you in. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Draw you right. in. Yeah. So you want to know more and you want to watch the next episode of literacy. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and you want to see who's going to get the huge pussy award for next week. Because that to me is so fun. So anyone who's really working on like, you know, uncensoring. So only men will get the huge pussy awards. And so, you know, Joey, just don't be surprised when you get like the knock, knock at your door and like the congratulations, you're getting the huge (laughs) pussy award. Because anyone who's really giving these amazing feminists, like, you know, Julie and all these other phenomenal women that you have interviewed and really it's it's been awesome listening to your podcast oh thanks um gets a huge pussy award in in my book and right now it is completely my book so 
you're getting one. Just well, next conference I see you at, I will be I will be toting my merch then. <laughs> well, once you, I mean, you'll see that it is it is kind of a special thing. You'll be part of a very very select club that you awesome. know, you'll be the only one to have you know this exact thing. So Even better, I like I, I like feeling special. Right, you'll be like the <laughs> unicorn, the male unicorn. There we go. There we go. That's fantastic. And all of that. Again, I'm sorry if you, is this April? Is this all comes out or when is this? Yeah, so this, I mean, the content will be released from January 4th going okay. forward through the year. All the way out, got it. And so we've got, you know, the different pieces, right? The podcast will be coming out. We'll have, um, the box will come out. Uh, the box is 11 different sketches. So season one is yeah. 11 sketches and then we'll go into production on season two in the summer and then that will come out. So we've got, you know, mainly our mini, our mini doc, the podcast we've got the comedy we have the um the content from other female filmmakers and um awesome. and we've got our kind of global quilt films that'll come out once have you named the podcast the pussy podcast it is the pussy podcast and is that <laughs> is that gonna work is that gonna yeah, work it, it should work it should work it really should i um well it should <laughs> we know that <laughs> will it be it censored it i mean well, I'm at- thank, thank goodness i really have an amazing advisory board and I'm so grateful for for that advisory board because um, you know, like our our friend uh, that introduced us, yes, who's at Google, and and my goal really is to be able, you know, to to change that policy um, where clearly I understand what the concern is. The concern is that it's sure. pornography, and that gets into a whole other conversation. But clearly, this does not violate any kind of you know, there's nudity, there's sex, there, right? This is this is very above board. <laughs> right. Well, it's actually doing good things. It's it's yeah. exactly and, what... And that's the point. That's why I want to name it The Pussy Podcast, right. because I do want to change the association of that word. Now, if I have to change it, so be it. Um, you know, I'm not going to then cross my arms and go pout in a corner, but... Uh, no, it doesn't. In your history, it doesn't look like that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll do what I have to do. But, yes, um, you will. Well, I asked too because I, as I shared with you off camera, I'm going to, you know, publish this the same day you want me to with your yes, launch, yeah. and I'm going to call it the Pussy Papers with Jacqueline Buckingham. Yes. My question then: Will it be published on Apple? Will it be published? At my look, YouTube is where I publish oh, my no, stuff. No, no, no. I don't even know if it'll work. Well, that's a solid point. So let's try here's that. Have, here's what I do know. Yeah. We could talk about. We could be on this saying pussy the entire time the whole time as long as it's down the title yes and so you may have to change that title yeah that's what you i was just wondering title um and you know call it whatever you want really yeah um, yeah but, you we'll know, figure out a cool title but i yeah. that's that's what i was wondering i don't think it'll work don't don't call it the cunt countdown because that probably won't work either <laughs> Well, that's another funny thing. That Just that's another word that is not at all because it's funny when you watch. I don't know if you watch uh, Ricky Gervais at all, but you know one of my favorite <laughs> comedians. Yeah, and he came out during Supernature, and it was his first, you know, thirty seconds on camera. Yeah, and they're all cheering, and he's like, "Oh, thank you, thank you. It's enough. That's enough. Shut up, you cunts." <laughs> it's just <laughs> and you know it's one of those great comebacks from a Brit because you could never ever say that in America exactly. it's just not allowed you know uh, Jim no. Jeffries does the same thing he's an Australian no. who uses the word all the time just lays throughout his comedy sketch yeah hilarious word we don't use it it's it's right. it's, it's in that same you know the vernacular forbidden vernacular of exactly. pussy. It's right there. Yeah, we're not allowed to use that word. Well, we can put a pin in this one. We can circle back to it. Yeah, let's just stick with pussy. I've, <laughs> yeah, that one I've been I'm playing around with is actually if I changed the uh, the two S's to X's. And that's just ah. like female chromosome, right? Is the, you know, the double X. That's really clever, actually. So that so far has worked. And and I like, might do that then. I'll just do that in my title. I'm in, the world. Um, uh, well, I'm in this troubleshooting mode right now um, with my team in terms of, you know, right? Because I've been, I've been to the place before where you've got all the merch and everything else. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had to be nimble. And this ain't your first rodeo. <laughs> this is not my first rodeo. Being from no. Texas, it is most definitely not. No, it's more rodeo where you are now. So, yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see. I would love to see just a giant pussy store on rodeo. That that would be a lot of fun. I think it would. I, I mean, once you get yeah. this limitation m- removed, I think it will be huge. I, I yes. pardon the pun, but no, it, no, that it is really, the yeah, it's it's that pretty incredible. And I'd like as a 
you know, someone who appreciates aesthetic, it's really well designed too. All of the stuff. Thank I you saw. so much. Yeah, it's meant so. to just be simple and in your face. Yeah. And um, and at the same time, have you know a an elegance, an elegance about it. It does. It's much like you, Jacqueline Buckingham. Thank you so much. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I as I shared with you, our goal is to bring thinkers and world changers to the fore. And that's why I was so excited to have you. And I wish you nothing but success in 2023 with every initiative that you have out there. And uh, if I do have a knock at the door with a huge pussy award, I will gladly accept it. So, I'm so glad. I appreciate everything. And again, Thank thanks you, for coming Tony. on the show. Thank right. you. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you dig what we're doing over here, please subscribe. And while you're at it, please download an episode or two and leave a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Until next time, big hugs.